you for joining us for the Coastal Carolinas Association of Realtors video podcast. We have a lot to talk about on the legislative front, locally and on the state level, so let's get right to it. Today we have with us Chief Advocacy Officer from the South Carolina Association of Realtors, Lindsey Jackson, and also uh, on the legal side of things, Austin Smallwood. Welcome guys, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, Laura. I knew that I did not get your title all the way correct, Austin. Uh, you are the Vice President of Legal Affairs and Public Policy, correct? Okay. Uh, Austin is just fine. <laughs> okay, Austin is just fine. Well, good. I like that because I, that's how I know you as well. So, uh, Lindsay, thank you as well for joining us. Let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the issues that you are dealing with during the legislative session this year. And I know one of the hot topics is short-term rentals. Where are we on that one? Oh, goodness, Laura, there's a lot to, to unpack with this. I mean, certainly right now, the temperature um, dealing with short-term rentals is hot. I mean, we are seeing, you know, a patchwork of ordinances coming from across the state um, dealing with, you know, different aspects of um, this issue. And what we're trying to do at the state level is make sure that there's a little bit more uniformity, a little bit more standardization. So. We've been working on this for the past couple of sessions now, um, basically working with Representative Lee Hewitt from um, Yellow's delegation, who is our primary bill sponsor, and saying that um, you know our legislation basically would say um, municipalities can't outright ban short-term rentals. But we also realize that there are folks um, that are on the opposite side of that. So we're trying to strike a balance here, basically. We're trying to say that you can't outright ban them, but you can regulate them. So, uh, you know, Austin can agree with me on this, that this has been kind of an uphill battle that we're fighting at the state house, but, you know, making sure that there are some accountability mechanisms in place, um, such as tax collection, um, rental registrations, if municipalities um, are looking into those, um, and just basically trying to um, make sure that there's some standardization across the board. And we know that there's not one size fits all, but, you know, just making sure that there are some guidelines that, um, you know, we can look at as we're moving forward um, on this issue. Um, I think, you know, there's been a lot of, um, like I said, a lot of um, heat on both sides of this, but I think that when we get back into the session in January, um, legislators in the um, House and the Senate are eager to um, kind of jump on this issue and move forward. So SER is taking the, um, the position that we are trying to balance private property rights, but also make sure that um, you know, the quality of life is still there. There's still um, the ability for these municipalities to be able to regulate, to look at, um, you know, trash, noise, parking, um, making sure they know who um, owns the uh, short-term rentals and making sure that there's someone to contact when something goes wrong. So just trying to strike that balance. Yeah, living, living here, we certainly hear some of those, those issues as well. And as communities transition uh, from being primarily uh, vacation spots to people becoming permanent residents. I know that becomes increasingly important to to the new residents. Um, Austin, what kind of um, advice would you give to our, our uh, realtor members that are working with clients looking at um, buying investment properties for rental purposes? Are any caveats or things they should consider uh, in, in that process? Yeah, absolutely. So you should not I wouldn't preface it by calling any uh, potential buyer, hey, this property can be used for uh, a second home investment purposes. It actually states in our contract under the broker disclaimer that you're not going to talk about potential income that can be earned from a property. So you've got, you've got legal protection on that in our contract, so don't violate it. 
Uh, don't tell somebody, hey, I'm sure you'll be able to rent this property out and then not know that there's an issue. Um, I would also make sure that they're getting the, if there's deed restrictions in the neighborhood, that they're asking for those up front. Um, they can do that through the deed restrictions paragraph in Form 391, and that way they can figure out the HOA uh, may be able to ban uh, short-term rentals even outside of whatever a municipality can do. So uh, I would always make sure that they're looking for those HOA deed restrictions and then not sort of uh, speaking on things that they shouldn't be speaking on. That's great advice because certainly um, it's better to know up front than figure out later on that what you intended to use a property for, it's it's not available to you. So great advice. All right, well, let's, uh, let's pivot to another fun hot topic issue, um, all things insurance. Uh, we certainly have seen escalation in, uh, in insurance prices here on the Grand Strand, and I know our, our colleagues throughout the state um, have experienced uh, uh, insurance issues. So uh, let's let's talk about that and where we are or where we're headed next year. Oh, this has certainly been a hot topic too, especially here on the coast. I know that um, y'all are dealing a lot with this um, locally and, you know, we're hearing calls on the hotline. We're hearing a lot, um, you know, across the state from different coastal regions as well. But uh, we're hearing that rates are going up 40, 50, 60% sometimes in, in a year, which is just in, insane to think about. Um, you know, when these companies are kind of justifying these premium increases, um, we need to make sure that they are focusing on losses that are actually happening in South Carolina. I think a lot of the time South Carolina kind of gets lumped in with Florida and North Carolina, and then we are kind of, you know, stuck in that situation where rates are increasing because we're, we're being lumped in together. So that's one of the things that we're hoping to look at um, going into the new session. And also just making some more awareness of the safe home program that is um, currently in place in South Carolina has been there for a while, which basically incentivizes homeowners to weatherize their homes. There's money in the state budget um, for this, and you basically can take a dollar for dollar um, against your income tax for the uh, state income tax, excuse me, for the um, the uh, weatherization that you do to your home. So making sure that you know consumers are aware of this, um, especially in the coastal areas, and also looking um, you know next year to maybe get some more money in the budget for that, um, trying to figure out more ways that we can um, you know address this growing issue. Another thing I will mention is the. Um, uh, Ori delegation is on top of this. We have been, um, you know, talking with them almost every week. Uh, there is going to be an ad hoc committee that's going to be um, started to kind of start discussing some of these issues. We've also been working really closely with Department of Insurance. Um, Director Wise and his team are great over there, um, you know, trying to figure out how we keep more insurance providers in South Carolina and how we can um, try to get these rates to go down at some point. Yeah, well, it, no doubt with um, the interest rates uh, rising and um, price appreciation, uh, particularly here on, on the, the coastal region, um, in, increased insurance does not help affordability at all. And, uh, and that, is, that is paramount to, to what, what we do. Um, Austin, any, anything on the insurance front that our, our colleagues need to, to think about or be aware of? So we did make a recent change to our sales contract regarding insurance. Uh, we were getting a lot of questions about those insurance assessments and the, you know, homeowners being hit with those. And the real distinction there is whether or not it's a special assess assessment or not. Uh, if it's a special assessment, the easiest way to figure out if it's a special assessment is we'll actually say the word special on there. Um, if not, it's just a normal insurance assessment and that's handled as an adjustment at closing, but it's a special assessment that's going to be handled uh, through paragraph six. 
I wouldn't uh, advise that homeowners do during their due diligence period, go ahead and get quotes on that insurance. Cause that is the only time they contract the buyer will be able to get out if they're not happy with the insurance rates. So if they wait until right before closing and then aren't happy with the insurance, there is no contractual contingency to allow them out for that. So due diligence is not simply limited to repairs. It is your all in time period. It's your time period to look at HOA restrictions. It's your time period to look at insurance rates, but really look at what, if there's an insurance assessment, whether or not it's special or not, if it's a special assessment, it's handled through paragraph six. If it's a non-special assessment, just a normal insurance assessment that's handled through paragraph 22. Somehow it doesn't sound like special. <laughs> Some of them have actually put in the word special. If it hasn't been counted for, it's really caught them off guard. Um, some of the more like condo regime type places, you do see that was sometimes a special assessment. Right. You're staying in one single family home, it's never going to probably be a special assessment. And I thought here at the coast, all we had to worry about was uh, flood insurance and reauthorization. And here, here we are, you know, just, just uh, trying to have affordable uh, homeowner uh, insurance is, is a struggle as well. So um, I know that uh, you were gearing up for the 2024 legislative session. Um, besides short-term rentals and insurance, um, what, are, what are the other things on the horizon? So Laura, we are in the thick of the planning process right now. Um, as we're you know, recording this today, our legislative committee is meeting um, in the next couple of days to actually look over um, our priorities and kind of set our agenda for the 2024 session. Obviously, short-term rentals is going to be top of our list this year. I think we've got kind of the perfect storm of support in the House and the Senate to get that moving. Um, we're also this year going to be looking at some license law updates. Um, you know, we updated our Practice Act back in 2017, um, which a lot has changed since then. You know, the um, industry is um, changing every day and technology continues to, um, you know, modernize the way that um, we do business. So we want to make sure that our Practice Act is keeping up with the changes that we're seeing in the industry. We also want to look at issues like broker supervision, potentially getting some more continuing education hours. Um, and dealing with some advertising issues that we're seeing out there. So those are just a few of the um, issues that we're going to be looking at in that. And then another issue that um, we have been dealing with um, over the past couple of years has been the 40-year listing agreements, um, something that you know is certainly uh, predatory um, for consumers, and we want to make sure that these listing agreements um, can only last for a year, and that if they're more than that, then they would be unenforceable. Um, so those are really going to be heavy lifts uh, this year at the State House. We're in the, currently in the second year, or going into the second year of a two-year session. So Austin and I have a lot of work to do. Uh, Austin, did I forget anything on that list? Sounds like a full plate. <laughs> no doubt you two stay quite busy um, uh, during session and, um, and leading up to session. So we, we greatly appreciate everything you do to help us um, protect private property rights and, and the ability for, for people to own homes, businesses, and, and conduct, um, you know, the business that we're in right now. So, and Laura, we certainly amazing. couldn't do it without y'all because without hearing from our local associations and knowing y'all are the boots on the ground, y'all are the ones that are telling us what are happening in these areas. So that really helps us a lot as we're forming our agenda, as we're tackling issues. So thank you for all you do as well. Well, thank y'all. Uh, Austin, any, any words of wisdom for our, our members? If you have any questions, certainly reach out to us. You know, we're happy to help wherever we can at the, at the association. If there's issues that are popping up, let us know. Um, that's where we can try to make those changes either, you know, on the legal side or on our forms or legislatively. Um, you know, so uh, take advantage of that. You know, it's, we're a member benefit. Don't be afraid to use it. 
Great. Well, that's all the time we have today. So thank you both very much for joining us. And I hope you'll join us again sometime. Absolutely. Right. All right. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap today. Thank you again for joining us for the Coastal Carolinas Association of Realtors video podcast. We'll see you soon.